Welcome to episode 49 of EIU Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. The Tokyo Olympic Games are just weeks away, and our guest this week will not only be representing Team USA at the upcoming event, but also her alma mater, Eastern Illinois, as our guest is Team USA women's rugby player, Lauren Doyle. This will be Doyle's second Olympic Games after being part of the first women's rugby team to participate in the Olympics during the 2016 Rio Olympics. On today's episode, we talked to her about her two Olympic experiences, what it was like to have a shutdown last year with COVID, and what it's like to be a member of Team USA. If you like this episode of EIU Panthers Podcast, then listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Just search EIU Panthers Podcasts. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Then visit consolidated.com today. For the latest news on EIU Athletics, including schedule releases, rosters, stats, and much more, be sure to visit us online at the official EIU Athletics website, eiupanthers.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Schedules for EIU men's and women's soccer, along with football, are now available with the fall volleyball schedule set to be released in the coming weeks. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with former EIU student-athlete and current Team USA women's rugby player, Lauren Doyle. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by Lauren Doyle. Lauren is a U.S. Olympian and a former Eastern Illinois athlete, a track athlete, and a women's rugby player here at Eastern. So thanks for joining us before you make your your trip across the Pacific Ocean. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Lauren, this is not your your first, and I don't want to say rodeo is the the, the term people use, but you're you're not your first trip to an Olympic Games. You were on the, the Olympics in 2016 when the women's team went to Rio, I guess, kind of we'll backtrack to that take us a little bit through through that experience what that was that's like just going to an olympic games I, I i can't even imagine what that's like from an athlete's perspective i mean perspective the olympics is one of us dreams about um competing in so uh it was uh, particularly special because it was the first time that rugby was reintroduced into the olympics since like 1930s um so that was really special and then obviously it was the women's first time ever so we were like took the pioneers you know and the the first team that was going to compete in the olympics and yeah it was just really exciting time and like it's just hard to put into words really but um you know good experience we didn't get the outcome that we wanted you know so hopefully this time around we can um get a better outcome now, I, I know we talked to you, we did a written article with you back during the pandemic when you didn't get to go to the, the Olympics the last time. And I, I, I want to recall, I think you told me that you guys, with how your schedule played out, you guys were not able to go to the to the opening games. Is that correct? Um, yes, we weren't allowed to go to the opening ceremony in 2016. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this time we will get to go. Okay. And then, so did you guys, and I'm trying to remember, did you guys end up doing the, the closing ceremony as well? Or I know the Olympics is spread out over a couple of weeks. So were you guys already done with your competition and already headed on to your other things by the time the Olympics wrapped up? 
Um, yeah, we were long done. We were the first three days of the Olympics. And um, I think closing ceremonies was at least two and a half to three weeks after we finished our games. So most of us were gone because we had to be out of the village at a certain time. So unless you got accommodation on your own to stay for the closing ceremony, some girls did, um, but I opted to get the free flight back home. Yep. So <laughs> at that point I had been gone for, you know, three weeks. So I was like, kind of like, get me home, but uh, that's just me. <laughs> now you talk about the Olympic village, I guess, what is that like? Is that, I mean, I guess I'm imagining that's just like a crazy, I don't want to say a social scene, but because you, but you're, you're probably there and I'm assuming you're seeing world-class athletes from various sports and you guys are, are crossing paths or was there somebody that you kind of saw and you're like, you were just awestruck when you saw them in the village? Yeah. And the, the Olympic village is really interesting because obviously there's no like real media there. So you're kind of seeing people there raw like just being themselves but we went down to the opening ceremony like before everyone left for it and we like got a bunch of pictures with people but we just didn't go with them but yeah we saw like Michael Phelps there saw Brittany Griner Serena Williams Justin Gatlin um and then you know we saw the USA gymnastics team that was pretty cool so yeah um it is really neat to, to just think like that you're to some degree on their level you know yeah. <laughs> like I could never go and do gymnastics at their level and they probably couldn't come and play rugby very well so <laughs> it's just crazy to think that everyone is just so good at what they do you know now you guys you'll, you'll fast forward to last year the Tokyo Olympics you were part of the rugby sevens the USA did qualify again how does how does that work in terms of Every team in every country that has a rugby team evidently doesn't send it their, their Olympic athletes there like they do for some other sports. You guys kind of have to go through some qualifying rounds. How, how does that work? And what was the kind of culminating event that locked up a spot for you guys in the Olympics? Yeah, so this time around was different than 2016. In 2016, we finished fifth overall in the world, which doesn't get you a top up. Uh, a position in the Olympics. So okay. we had to then go into our qualifier tournament, which is NAFRA, and you have to win that tournament in order to go. But okay. um, there's not much competition along the Americas. So because Canada got in automatically this time around, we finished the World Series in second. So we were second overall. So we got to an, an automatic place in the Olympics. We didn't have to do any qualifier tournament. <clears throat> believe every like big country continent gets a, a place to okay. go. And like Japan is the host country. So it automatically gets in. And the same with Brazil in 2016, they automatically got in, but they still get to have a team from their country go. Okay. So they also, they also still have, so China is in the Olympics this time around. Um, so that's essentially how it goes. And the unfortunate thing about that is there's so much competition for rugby in Europe. So like Great Britain qualified and they 
you normally they're just England, but Great Britain has to combine all of their, so like Wales and, um, you know, teams like that that are actually good on their own, they have to combine all their people okay. in order to go. So someone that would normally play on the England team might not get selected because someone from this other team is going. And okay. then uh, like Ireland, yeah. Yeah, that makes, that makes plenty of sense there. I know it's, like I said, it would kind of be the, the a similar if every, in the United States, if every state had, Illinois had a really good team and Texas had a really good team, but we need a USA team and, you know, the top players yes. from those teams are, are going to make it. And then the other ones are not. So you guys qualify for that. I know you were super excited about going. What kind of, I guess, at what point in time you guys would have already qualified, I'm guessing by time kind of COVID and all those types of things happened in March and April in terms of shutdowns. Where, when did you guys kind of find out that the Olympics were not going to happen? Did you find out through social media like everybody else, or did you, as a team that had qualified, do, did you have some inside information? Um, yeah, so we found we qualified in Biarritz in 2019. So that's when like the top four teams know that they're going. So we were pretty excited about that just because we, um, you know, showed like progression throughout the entire season. So it was nice. To, we we won that tournament at the end. So that was pretty um, cool. And then, um, yeah, so we started our season up in 2019 regular. We went to Glendale, Colorado. We won that tournament. Then we went to Dubai and Cape Town. And then we came home. So that was in went to New Zealand. It was at the end of January, beginning of February. So that was when things were starting to get a little crazy because the China team was competed in New Zealand. Oh wow. So while we were there, they were like, yeah, they um they couldn't go back home because of the coronavirus. Um they were told that like it's going to be at least 6 weeks before they could enter the country again and stuff like that. So that was crazy, but I just thought it was like a China thing. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah, that's something going on in in China. But so like we played the tournaments, whatever. Then we had a week off and um, what happened? We were supposed to go somewhere. We were supposed to go to Hong Kong, actually. That was our next tournament in March and uh, that got canceled. And we were like, dang, really wanted to go to Hong Kong. Like that was the first time the women's was gonna be in Hong Kong. Yeah. And so, um, we were training and then it was March, beginning of March and they shut us down completely. And they were like, we're going to go remote um, for at least a few weeks. We don't know how long it's gonna be, but we'll you know, send you guys workouts to do and stuff. And we're like, okay, I guess. And yeah, so that, that was happening. And then, you know, we got word that our you know, the Canada tournament was going to be canceled. And then it was like, wow, the Paris tournament's going to be canceled. And, and we're like, then we're just freaking out because we're like, so you're telling us we're not going to compete until it's the big stage. Yeah. And um, then they, we, we were told privately by our uh, high performance manager that the Olympics were at least postponed 
<clears throat> weren't going to happen this year or in 2020, that we were just going to move forward with our remote training program and uh, yeah, and do those things. So um, obviously we, we found out before social media did. Um, <clears throat> so that was, that was good, but obviously it was quite devastating for, for most of us, you know, we have some like senior players on the team like me and um, well, I'm the oldest on the team. So we were all going to be like, a lot of us were going to be 29 at the Olympics. So now, yep. now we're all going to be 30. We're all 30 at the Olympics. So we're like, ah, dang it. <laughs> well, I don't know why, but it was like, yeah. So um, yeah, there was a few, uh, a little while there where it was pretty sad, where it was like, dang, you know, we've been working so hard these past, this past four years. And, um, you know, it was really starting to come together for, uh, for us and, and then to kind of have it ripped out um, did suck. But then, you know, we just got it together and we're like, all right, well, we're just going to you know, train against each other and have competition when it comes up. And we got a few tournaments in. And um, yeah, so now we're just training, getting ready to leave. Now, and you talk about that. And I know last year, like I said, we did a written article on you that we have on our, our website talking about some of the steps that kind of went through and we haven't talked to you since then. You had mentioned at the time that you were the oldest, the older player on, on the team and kind of what thoughts go through your mind in terms of, is the coach going to keep the whole team together? Or did, did you guys have to, essentially, did you have to remake the Olympic team for 2021 or did team USA kind of do the kind of maybe stand up thing and tell the ladies on the 2020 team, like, you all have a spot for 2021. It's none of this was your fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, we completely kept our regular training crew. <clears throat> we had about 22, 20, a little over 20 girls that were regularly training and just extended that, that contract um, throughout, through the year. And so, yeah, there were, there were no big changes. Um, I think that would, when you keep a, group of people together you not that you get comfortable with it or complacent but you do get this sense of security and being up with me. and so I thought it was a good call for you know coaching and management to keep the essentially the exact same core group together now you talk about that you're going to turn 30 or maybe you've already already turned to 30 um 30 is not old by any means Lauren but in and I'm sure in Olympic <laughs> athlete caliber and team USA stuff you you're definitely a senior states person what is how did I guess maybe some of the younger ladies on the team do they kind of turn to you and based on the fact that, that you've been there and like I said 30 not old at all but, in, but in, in the professional rugby world you're probably one of the veteran players correct yes <laughs> I am a, definitely a veteran player yeah I turned uh, 30 we were actually in a tournament um, in Madrid. So it turned to 30 there. And um, I mean, yeah, there's always going to there as the years have gone on more and more girls will come to me and be like, hey, did you what do you think about this scenario? Like, did I do this right? Or, you know, could you help me with passing or just can you help me with some tackle technique? Like I definitely get those questions almost on 
the daily, um, which is, I am valued (laughs) and, um, you know, just, I guess, emphasizes the true, my true meaning on the team. Now you guys will go to to Tokyo here and and then help me grow because, no, you're good. Okay. Sorry, delayed there for a second. So I'm sorry if I cut you off. But you guys, will, okay. you guys will, you guys will go to Tokyo, and I think we talked to you about next week. Um, you'll head over there. You guys will play here at the end of the, the month. I don't know if you've ever been to Tokyo before or not. If if not, what are what is maybe what are you maybe most looking forward to <clears throat> in the experience other than maybe just the Olympic part? Um, Tokyo per se. I've been to Kyushu, which I couldn't even tell you where that is in Japan, but it is in Japan. Okay. And we had a tournament there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. So I do not know much about Tokyo. I know that, that we are essentially not going to be doing many things other than being like in our suites within the village. Um, it's going to be very different to go walk around and explore. Uh, it's being very strictly monitored. Um, we have to have phones on us at all times because someone can, they can actually like call and FaceTime you to check in with you where you are okay. <laughs> or where you say you are. And that's, um, yeah, it's very strict. So I would say I'm probably mostly looking forward to playing and um, yeah, getting that competition in and, and just seeing how the games go. Now you guys will you finish second in the in the world tournament heading in, which got you the automatic qualifier. You talked about that earlier in our conversation. Does that put you guys in line to, I guess, be a favorite for a, a silver medal, or does it put you to where you guys now have expectations to where if we don't, if we're not on the podium first, second, or third, then this was not a very successful Olympics for us? Yeah. So like the 2018-2019 season, we, um, like every year, the team sits down and like kind of discuss our mission statement for the year, you could say. Uh, And our mission was like target podium. So we were trying to uh, consistently be in that top three within um, that season. So all six tournaments that we competed in and we we're trying to be in the top three. And so we were, we actually consistently did that, finished in, uh, second overall. And so then when the 2019 2020 season started, we reevaluated and we were like, you know what? Um, target podium isn't good enough. Like we're going to target gold. So, um, you know, our team's mission statement is target gold. And um, so, yeah, we're definitely in for a podium and and first, as far as I see things. <laughs> now, um, we do this on an audio, but when we have, when I record the conversation with you, you're, you're, of course, we're doing a video chat here on Zoom, and you're decked out in your USA Women's Rugby 7s mm-hmm. outfit there, or, or t-shirt. Explain the, for the average viewer, there's a difference between Rugby 7s and then rugby that they would see. Do the men play Rugby 7s in the Olympics as well, or do they play the more, I don't want to say formal rugby, but I, I think it has what, 12 or 13 players on the field when you have a, a full rugby match that people may have seen or be more familiar with. Right. So at Eastern, I played uh, 15s. So oh, it's 15. 15 on each side competing. Um, a 
15's game takes 80 minutes and you can really only play a game a week. Okay. So the reason, the reason why 15's is not in the Olympics is simply as a tournament for them would take too long. Okay. So a tournament would be like two, two months long, essentially. That's how World Cup works for them. It's gotcha. very long. Um, so, so they decided to put, that's not to say that it won't be in the Olympics in the future, but right now they're um, probably just experimenting a little bit with sevens because our games are 77 and they are 14 minutes long. So we have seven minute halves. We can play, we can play three games in a day. In, but the Olympics is broken down into um, two, two, two. So okay. we compete over three days. And so it's like you have three pool games. So that'll be your first three games. And then the next three games, you know, whether you're depending on how you did in pool play, obviously, will determine if you go to quarterfinals. So the quarterfinal will be your fourth game. Then, you know, semis final on the last day. So, um, yes, sevens and fifteens are extremely different. <laughs> um, Basically, sevens is you take all the fast people from 15s and you put them on a field that's the exact same size and say, have fun, cover all that space that 15 people normally do, but there's seven of you. So a uh, very fast-paced game. Um, we play offense and defense. There's no special teams that come in and, and you know, play, play defense for us. Like, everyone tackles, everyone passes, left-handed, right-handed. Everyone can kick. Um, yeah, so that's the quick bit about rugby. Okay. Now, when you were here at Eastern, you talked about that you played the on the 15s group. You were also a member for a period of time of, of the track team, a, a sprinter, and that kind of leads me on the next question. You would be, would you, you would probably consider yourself one of the faster people from a 15 rugby's, and that gave you the opportunity then to try out for Team USA and make the sevens. Is, is that is your speed what you consider to be your greatest asset or have you, as you developed longer in the game, have you realized that I have some speed, but I have some other skill sets that actually make me more valuable as a team player? Yeah, 100%. Um, when I came onto the team, I was a wing. I was close to one of the fastest girls on our team. And uh, over the years, you know, I've realized that Oh, I can pass pretty well. So, um, yeah, I moved into the center position and then, um, then it was like, Oh, you can pass really well. And now I play fly half, <laughs> um, which is just like a, one step in, but, um, yeah, still, still have speed and um, I've definitely developed, uh, defensive wise. I kind of take pride in being able to tackle, so, um, yeah, that's I definitely developed, evolved a lot um, over the years. I would, I would say that, that rugby, when I think the first time I ever saw women play rugby is when I came here to Eastern. Eastern had a collegiate team, was the only division one at the time when you were a member of the, the team. How do you, what is the reaction? I guess you get a, a lot of times from females. And I know what my wife's reaction was when I told them the girls are out there essentially tackling each other on, on the field. What's kind of usually the reaction you get when you tell people that you play rugby for a living? Um, well, it's, it's interesting. In America, I guess you could say is a big difference is, is America will be like, what is that? <laughs> yep. You know, in America don't really know 
what rugby is or what it consists of. So it's pretty fascinating when we go to different countries and we travel and they're like, oh, you're, you're on the rugby team? That's so cool. Like, where are you guys competing? You know, like people actually treat us like we're semi-famous when we leave the country. And yeah. when, we're, when we're in the country and we're, fly, we're like flying, like we're in LAX or something, everyone comes up to us and, you know, we all have USA gear and they're like, are you guys a college team? What school do you play for? And it's just like, yeah. no, we're a professional team and like we represent you guys. And so it's just interesting to see like those cultural differences, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I will say my family wasn't excited about them because, you know, when you YouTube rugby, like the first thing that comes up is like the biggest hits. What yeah. now, you know, now that I'm, I know the sport, I know that it's very safe. So, um, yeah. Now you, you you use the word like culture when you're able to go around the world. You've been able, very fortunate through your Team USA rugby experiences to travel around the world and play rugby. What has been maybe one or two of the places that have stood out to you that, you know, as somebody from central Illinois growing up, you're like, I always wanted to go there at some point in time in my life, but maybe now that's come to fruition, the fact that you've been able to do that with, with Team USA. Yeah, so while I would say the the most vastly different one from back home would be Dubai, which is one of my favorite stops. It's just the coolest thing. They, they just like pop up a stadium in the middle of their sand and oh, wow. we get to, we get to stay in the core of the city. And so that's a really cool one that we go to that I've literally been to, I think eight, eight times now. Um, so New Zealand was pretty, even in a really big city. Um, New Zealand was cool. I like Australia as well. Australia was a good one. And then, you know, anywhere in Europe is great. Uh, loved, I loved Amsterdam when we stopped there. So, yeah, I like, I like to travel. <laughs> and then you're, like we mentioned, you're from central Illinois, I think, from Macon, if I'm not mistaken, right around Decatur, so a small town. I'm guessing a lot of do you have a lot of diversity in terms of where people are from on the team USA rugby team? Or have you noticed you're one of the few ones from the Midwest and from a small town and a lot of the other people are from either, I know rugby is big up in the Northeast and, you know, Massachusetts, Boston, the New England area, and also probably in California. Have you noticed you're kind of the outlier from, from Illinois? Um, I mean, I am the only one from Illinois. But we have people from uh, all over the United States, actually. So, uh, yeah, it's, it is interesting to see, you know, our different backgrounds and where we come from and how they all meld together and stuff like that. But I just think that's one of the things that I appreciate so much about giving the chance to be exposed to all these different cultures that run throughout the United States. Now, you guys are, like we mentioned, the Olympic Games just around the corner the end of this month, so we appreciate you taking time, Lauren, to mm -hmm. join us here. What happens what, for Lauren Doyle after Olympics 2021? Are you, what is the next step for you? Is there, do you, are you holding out hope that you're in the Olympic team in 2024, or is that something you'll maybe have to sit back and think about after you get through this Games? Yeah, I, well, I can tell you that 2024 is probably out of the question. But, um, uh, you know, World Cup is next year. 
I, 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 it's a, that's a loaded question. I, you know, I literally had a meeting with my manager yesterday about what she want, like, what do I want, you know, after the Olympics? So, um, yeah, I think I may finish out this year on with the three tournaments that the girls are going to, and then I might just hang up the boots, you know, so to move on into the real world, the scary real world. So <laughs> I think if, if I'm not mistaken, you're in the, in the San Diego or in the Cal Southern California area now, is that, is that going to, Sorry. is that going to remain home for you? Have you, have you found things to do out that way? Or do you think you may migrate back here and be closer to your family in the Midwest? Um, that's probably, loaded, that's probably a loaded question, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, my mother would like me to move back home, but I could tell you that's not going to happen. Um, yes, I love living in San Diego, Southern California. I am going, I think that would be where I'd like to put down, you know, some, some roots. So I, I'm looking to, you know, start school again, maybe next January. And eventually the long-term goal is to become a physician's assistant. So I'm going to be working towards. Very good. Well, Lauren, I thank you for joining us. Best of luck, safe travels to Japan and best of luck with Team USA in the upcoming Olympic games. Thank you.